Thank you. As Karina mentioned in passing and telling the story in time for all ages, um, Florida weather often presents challenges to people doing winter metaphors, you know? <laughs> and here we are, a service dedicated to the richness of the darkness of the solstice amid a sun-swept patio with green trees and all that. But it was easier to do this when I was in Wisconsin than it is here, but I tried to edit accordingly. So believe it or not, this Saturday night is the winter solstice, the longest night of the year and the shortest day, the beginning of winter. Solstice means standing sun. In the Latin, sol or sol uh, means sun, and stit or stet means standing, as any old-fashioned uh, copy proofers among us might know. If you made a correction and wanted to go back, you would write stet, which means leave as is. The winter solstice is an ancient winter holiday when people would gather on the longest night of the year to sing, make noise, celebrate, and hopefully coax back the sun for another season of warmth. It's easy to forget in our technological and digital age how important the sun is to our life and how important the sun was to the ancients. Life wouldn't exist without the sun, of course. Our sun, one of millions of suns and stars throughout the universe, is our most visible energy source. Since the sun was important to life, it came to represent to our ancient forebears life itself. And the deep darkness of winter came to represent mystery and even death. But what of in our age dark and winter's dark? Gilbert suggests that the dark is nourishing, a time and a place to go more deeply since we don't have the outer distractions of the other seasons. Gilbert says we might, in the nourishing dark, come into the deep places of our being, into the places of soul. So perhaps this coming solstice is a time to call back the soul, S-O-U-L, in our lives, not just the sun, S-O-L, to make this holiday a winter solstice, if you will. Soul, says the dictionary, is the immaterial essence of an individual. Another definition says it's a strong, positive feeling as in intense sensitivity and emotional fervor, an energetic center of our being, a place where we keep our deepest hopes, a place that is more truly us. We don't associate winter with being an energetic center. Even here in the tropics, things cool down a bit. Light is less. Foliage, I'm not sure, this being my first winter in Florida, how much the foliage uh, withers and drops. I suspect not much. But of course, in other places in the northern hemisphere, such is not true. Trees are left stripped and bare. They look dead, but underground we know that roots are still there, growing, deepening, actually actively at work, trying harder to reach the nourishment 
it needs to thrive below ground. To thrive below ground, beyond our sight or awareness. So even up in Wisconsin, where I served for eight years, where things are very barren in the winter, it looks dead and dying, but it is teeming with life and even warmth underground. Not yet, but becoming. And so it is with soul work in the winter. It could be a time of building roots, not worrying about the expression of those roots quite yet, not to worry about our foliage, so to speak, which we know will return in another season. It is in the nourishing darkness of our lives that we might let go for a moment and get to know ourselves, each other, and all there is at a deeper level. It is where we come face to face with ourselves. It is where we are rooted. So maybe solstice is not a time of deprivation, but of preparation, and of preparation for what? Maybe the season is nature's way of starting all over again. We think of the spring for this, when green shoots and tender blossoms show themselves in the annual cycle, but really, really it begins in winter. In Buddhism, we find the concept of beginner's mind, cultivating an attitude of anticipation, of openness, of lack of preconception through meditation, through mindful living in many different ways. Maybe winter is, in the, is the Earth's version of beginner's mind. No, not so much here, but in other places. Stripping away the known and familiar, leaving itself exposed and open to the emergence of something new, a way of starting over again. A human mind calibrated as beginner's mind is searching and open for a more free and expansive experience than the narrowness of our biases and even the narrowness of our past experience. Our way of faith in Unitarian Universalism is based on this concept of the free and responsible search for truth and meaning. But oh, how easy it is to get satisfied with the status quo, with our own status quos, our own sureties and little t truths, the way we know things are or the way they have been or the way they should be, regardless of any evidence which presents otherwise. Much of transitional ministry, the specialized kind of ministry that you and I are engaged upon, is a process that requires cultivating beginner's mind. And in this exact season, a time of soul building or solstice for the church. Much of our first five months together has been one of orientation, getting to know each other, discerning what it is we need to do. For me, figuring out all of the nuances of, of any thriving religious community. Next month is January, the first season of the, the first month of the calendar year, an obvious time for looking at resolutions and plans and pathways and processes and moving into the future. 
a good month for possibility. And in fact, that will be our theme for the month in worship. What does it mean to be a people of possibility? We'll have a lot going on next month in January. You see in this morning's order of worship the announcement about our new religious education consultant who will be with us on site the last month of January and is already actively consulting with us via internet and calls. Uh, and this was part of the plan when I arrived here in August uh, that we would hire a religious education coordinator, which we did, an interim coordinator, and then, and then a consultant to give us some deeper wisdom about uh, re-imaging, re-revisioning what religious education for children and youth can be at our congregation. And I have to say this, one of our, uh, our uh, Johnny, our artist who just played uh, that wonderful uh, anthem, uh, and his uh, spouse, I take it, you all are together, okay, <laughs> uh, are from Urbana-Champaign, Illinois, from our church in Urbana-Champaign, which our new RE consultant, Michelle Grove, serves as director of religious education. So, you know, uh, they, they can answer questions about Michelle with you. Also in January, we began our history work, the history wall, I call it, where for uh, several Sundays after worship, we'll gather in Gore Hall, whoever wants to show up. I'll have paper on the walls, a marker in hand, and I'll say, tell me your story as a congregation. And we will together uh, celebrate and hear the old stories of your congregation's uh, uh, traditions and, and heritage. And out of that, get deeper wisdom on, on uh, values and how this congregation works and what we need to do. Also in January, many of our leadership teams are already at work uh, looking at their own mission and vision, how they function, with whom they function, to whom they're accountable, to begin to get a sense of how everything holds together in this organization and works together for a, for a greater sense of shared ministry with the professional minister and, and staff. So there's a lot going on in January, and it signals actually the more active phase of our transitional ministry, getting ready for ultimately the calling of a settled minister uh, next year, and year after next, rather, in 2021, and that happens sometime in the spring. So we'll have a lot to do, but not quite yet. It is the solstice, a time for being open, a time for breathing deeply, a time for clearing our minds and our hearts for the work ahead. So for each of you and for all of us in this season of the solstice, a time of reflection and of paying attention to the roots of our lives and our souls, we are open to the gifts of the solstice season. The Reverend Tim Cutsmark, our minister in Fresno, California, says this season gives us three gifts. The first gift is emptiness, where we might clear, find a container, find a place for new, new and possibility in our lives. The second gift is expansiveness. We think of summer as being expansive, but especially here in the tropics, summer is, is oppressively hot, and winter allows a cooling period where we might breathe more deeply and experience more vividly. And thirdly, the gift of expectation of knowing the not yet has yet to arrive, but is coming. So winter then, 
is a time of creation, as the poet said. So in this night of the deepest dark, she said, remember this, you are all, all of you, mothers and fathers who hold with you some portion of the great light that waits to be born. What would your life look like in the glow of new birth? What would your church look like being born anew, having matured its root system as it searched for nourishment, ready to provide the world a new expression of church for the 21st century? Part of the expectation of the solstice, of course, in our multi-holiday approach points toward Christmas. The ancients thought that Jesus was really born in the winter. Modern scholars tend to think that his birth get, uh, uh, the ancients thought Jesus was born in the winter. Scholars think that Jesus was more likely born in the spring, but they, they whittle that story to, to make it seem more interesting in the winter. Having the sacred infant born in a dark and ferociously, dangerously cold part of the winter in an unknown land to a homeless and wandering couple. The birth of divinity in the most unexpected of places, which is a metaphor for us on what might be born in the most unexpected places of our lives. For now, we embrace the grace of dark places where we take root and from where we might flourish and the lengthening days ahead. So may it be. Amen. Remember, my friends, we haven't just been to church. We are the church. And when the church is the church, it is nothing more. It is nothing less. It is nothing other than a place of deepening soul work, of finding roots and of deepening work, roots so that the foliage of your lives, the foliage of our life, the foliage of our community might be more life-giving, life-sustaining in all seasons of the year. In this season of the year and in this week as you return to all of your important work, remember to be the church. Go in grace. Amen.